This is episode number 189 with New York Times bestselling author Matt Hussey. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. everyone to the episode today. Very excited about our guest. Matt Hussey has become a, a good friend over the last couple months here. We've connected in Los Angeles. And the more and more I learn about this guy, the more I learn to love him and all of the stuff that he does. Now, Matt Hussey, this guy is a charmer and a charmer in a good sense of the word because he is a wealth of information. He is an incredible speaker, a New York Times bestselling author, columnist for Cosmo Magazine, and a dating expert on the Today Show. He's on the Today Show like every week. Uh, he also runs programs all across the world, helping thousands of men and women reach their true performance potential. He's worked with celebrities like Christina Aguilera, companies like Hugo Boss, Procter & Gamble, and over 50,000 women, I think it's probably like 100,000 now, but over 50,000 women have attended his live events, and he's reached over 10 million people online. He uh, you know, is a young guy, but has a wealth of information and a wealth of experience. So it's like I go and watch some of his videos, and he's speaking to women about relationships, but it's like I learn about relationships with myself, with uh, business partners, with my team. I learn about uh, you know my business and just psychology and just everything. It's not just about helping women uh, find the man of their dreams, although that's what he teaches, but he also teaches so much more. And uh, I found this interview to be fascinating, a lot of fun, intimate, and really connected. So I hope you get a lot out of this interview. And make sure to check out the show notes back at lewishouse.com slash 189 as you're going to get the full video interview that we did here in the studio in School of Greatness. Also, some extra tips that Matt talks about that you're going to make sure you can only see on the uh, the, the bonus page at lewishouse.com slash 189. So make sure to check that out after this. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and dive in right now with the one and only... Matt Hussey. Welcome back to the School of Greatness, everyone. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. We've got a new friend on, Matthew Hussey. What's up, brother? Hello. Good to see you, man. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. I am too, actually. Yeah, you've you've interviewed some big people, so I feel very honored <laughs> to be here. Well, you're another one of the big people. So I first heard about you because we, we connected a few weeks ago and talked about this, but I first heard about you because you were on a show called Ready for Love, mm. and I was being aggressively uh, recruited to be one of the quote-unquote bachelors on the show as well. And I remember having being so torn about this because the the producers and the casting directors were like, Eva Longoria wants you. This is going to be a huge show. It's going to be bigger than The Bachelor. And I was so torn because I was like, this could be great for my business, but I don't want to be that guy who was a bachelor type because none of those guys have done anything in their career afterwards, except for maybe one or two have like kind of done well. And I remember watching the show when it came out because it was just promoted everywhere, mm. buses, planes, you know, everywhere you could go. It was just promoted. And I was like, who is this guy? You were the only guy in the show who's coaching these women. And there was two other like relationship coaches, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And um, I remember thinking to myself, man, this could be big. But then after the third episode, it, it went under and they stopped it. Yeah. And I was like, thank God I didn't have to make a decision to do like the next the next uh, season. But yeah. Man, that it, was a it was, that a, was a heartbreak for you because you did so much time and energy in building this. You know, it was it was it was a it was a very grueling year yeah. doing that show, and yeah. it was kind of a it was an example of something that you know I, I feel like in life there are things that you invest time in that you know will pay off tomorrow, right, or tonight, or whatever you know, whatever that project is sometimes it's writing an essay and you know by writing it you'll be able to hand it in tomorrow or it's making a sales call and yeah. you know that you'll get commission by next week this was like uh, uh it was like buying a lottery ticket but then investing a year into that lottery <laughs> ticket and hoping that it was going to be a winner yeah and it turned out to be a it, it certainly wasn't wasted investment because a lot of interesting opportunities have come off the back of that you know there there a lot has happened for me as a result of the exposure that that show gave me interestingly not necessarily to a mass audience because a mass audience never watched it right right? right, right, but it gave me exposure to certain key decision makers who watched me perform in that environment and as a result saw that i was capable of handling yeah. A show like that, yeah. So a lot has come to me, but at Today's the same show time, has come from that. I yeah, you, you know, know I, I'm now iHeartRadio. Exactly, so, I'm, I'm a regular on the Today. I'm a resident uh, expert on the Today Show. I have my own radio show now, and you know, there's there's lots of good things, but at the same time, still, you you know, every now and again, you think, God, that that could have been huge, yes, but, huge. Because uh, it was on ABC, right? It, it was, was on NBC, NBC, but it was prime time. I mean, it was a, it was a big, big, big show. They spent millions and tens of millions of dollars. I think the budget I was, I heard somewhere was 50 million for the show yeah, there or thereabouts. Um, so it, it's, it is crazy, but you know, that's kind of life. I, I, I have a friend, a friend of mine uh, is a, a director here in, in LA. And he said, you really had the full Hollywood experience from start to finish. You yeah, <laughs> you auditioned, failed, right? you got a show, you got chewed up, like every, like everything happened for yeah, you. So, that, yeah. you know, that's kind of, in a way, that's kind of fun. Except for the huge success of it. Exactly. But you know what? That's the part you can do. Well, if you're in a business like ours where yes. you, you get to uh, invest in yourself and you don't have to wait for people to give you opportunities, uh, then you don't really need the show for that the show just becomes that catalyst and this is where i remember i do research on pretty much everyone because i'm always interested in seeing what people are doing how they're doing it and then i reverse engineer what they're doing and Mm -hmm. see if i can apply it to my business it doesn't matter if you're in the dating space or the the sports or the fitness space right how can i apply something to my business and to my vision and i remember researching you and the other two women i don't even remember who these other women are Mm. but i remember googling your name and seeing your website and saying Ah, this guy is smart because mm-hmm. you had built the back end, mm-hmm. getting ready for the amount of track of it that it was going to come to you. Unfortunately, it didn't probably come as much as you wanted, but you built an engine and a system. Yeah. And this content with a foundation that the other two didn't have. Yes. And, and we'd been building that for, for years. several years. So th- there's certain things that you can't just do overnight. No. Right. It took and time. it took time. And, and luckily, because we'd already invested time in that, we were in a different position to benefit than yeah, than yeah. the others were um now you know the interesting thing is someone uh I, I remember once wanting to go on holiday uh and one of my mentors 
I, I said to one of my mentors, I can't go. I, I don't have enough time, you know? And he said, um, then you're a slave because you, you is seven days. And he said at the end of the day, those seven days that you have to build the systems in order to get mm -hmm. will be worth it just to get you to build the systems. Yes. And, you know, I kind of think of the show a bit like that, that yeah. the show forced me to be ready for something that never actually happened. Right. But by getting ready, my business is now stronger than it has ever been. So, you know, even that itself is kind it's of a blessing. Yeah. yeah. And I read online, correct me if I'm wrong, that you've over 50,000 women have attended your live events. Is that? Yeah. You know, I, that number's now out of date. It's now closer to a hundred thousand. Wow. So yeah. So you do live events all over the world or, or how is it? We, we started in London and, and those grew and grew and we started doing them in a couple of different places in Europe, but mostly the UK. Yeah. And then it was my dream to do a seminar in America. Truthfully, it was my dream to come to America. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I've, I, since I think 13 years old. I really wanted to live here. Wow. Have and, you ever visited? Um, I had visited one. This, this is the funny, I'm embarrassed about this now. But when I, was, when I was that age, 12, 13, my parents brought me to America for the first time and took me to Florida. And I remember- Disney World. Yeah, exactly. The whole, the, whole, the whole thing. And I remember it was the first time I'd ever been somewhere where someone said, you know, at the end of a phone call, like, have a great day. Or someone actually spoke to you, or, and I—I I just remember. And of course, at the time, at the time, you know, I didn't put two and two together that I'm in Disney World. Everyone's trying to get a tip. Everyone's being yeah. paid to be super nice sure, and tell sure. you to have a magical day, right, right. whatever. But, but it but that's, did. So, that's kind of like that in a lot of places. In America, it it is. It is, and it did something to me because I. It was so different from what I'd grown up with in London. In London, in England is not like that. No, it's the opposite. The complete opposite. Yes. And and I thought. This is more what I want. It, mm. Okay, uh, you know, I was I, I knew enough to know that there was a slightly contrived element to it where sure. I was, but at the same time, I thought I prefer this. Um, I, I, you know, people sometimes say that about LA, like it's so right. fake the way everyone's so nice to each <laughs> other and blah blah. Well, I don't mind that. Like, I'm, <laughs> even you know, if their little bit of fakeness means that they're just a bit more polite when I first say hello to them or something, I'm sort of okay with that. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I kind of had this childish view of moving to America and everything being, you know, Disneyland. And then, interestingly, the older I got, that never really changed. Mm. Even when I traveled more of America and saw a real side of America and, you know, what America is in different states, because there are so many different Americas, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Um, but I, I still somehow felt more at home here. Wow. Uh, than I did back there. And I still love, I love, uh, England and I love where I'm from, but it's something about living here suits me better. I used to date a girl who was, uh, so to answer your question, yeah. sorry, I, I, I started to bring seminars here just because I wanted to be here. Not because wow. I thought it was a terrifically good idea. Uh, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think I'm now going to make it in America. Sure. I just thought, let me just, if I can run like a America. seminar for five people in New York <laughs> or something, at least I can say, I'm going to America for work. And right, you know, it's right, different right. It's, when, it when, cool. when you get to say I'm going for work, you somehow, somehow you feel important and special. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I lost money. I think the weekend I did it, I lost money. I, really? I spent more on my plane ticket. I think than I made oh, in yeah. seminar, <laughs> in seminar <laughs> tickets, but it just, it meant something special to me to do it. So now you've done a hundred thousand women who have come to your live events and they they're all smaller events. Are they bigger events? So how do those work? There, there are, there are different. So we have, um, 
these one day dating events that I do for my organization, get the guy. So uh, we, we coach women in their love lives, yeah. uh, how to find attract and keep the guy they want. And the one day event that we do is kind of a, is kind of a show. Like it's a big, yeah. it's a big event. We have anywhere from, uh, the smallest one we do is probably 300, but that's where we go to like wow. a small state that, you know, we're, we're, uh, a small city, I should say, where we're bringing people mm. that are just getting to know us. But, you know, when we do New York or LA or London, we're talking 1,500 people wow. in a room. It's amazing. It's yeah. a full day. That's a full day. That's a long day. And yeah. then, um, uh, but people are on their feet. They're moving around. They, sure. they get used to the energy. Is it all women? All women. Wow. And then we do five-day retreats where sure. it's a bit smaller. It's more intimate. It's about 250 people. Yeah, yeah. And there we do a more immersive program. Of course, yeah. And... You know, it's interesting because there's not too many people in the relationship online dating advice space that I want to hang out with because there's so many guys out there who just leave a bad taste in your mouth. But don't you feel like that about self-help in general? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I sort of maybe, do. I've I mean, learned to hate it. Maybe people say that about me too, right? <laughs> like, oh, who is this guy preaching something? Um, but I, uh, you know... But I just feel like I, I've, I've got a bad taste in my mouth, especially being in L.A., because mm. I've met a bunch of guys who have sleazy courses and they do the online marketing thing, in my opinion, in a way that isn't of the highest integrity. Mm. Now, I'm not saying I'm always, you know, I'm the most perfect person in the world sure. with everything I do because I know I make mistakes. But when you're intentionally doing something that's like, I don't know, it's just got a bad taste in my mouth in the, mm. the, the dating space for some reason, a lot of the marketers. Yeah. And, and I remember... And I remember seeing your stuff the first time and thinking, oh, this guy's doing it right, but I don't know if I trust him yet. And someone introduced us via email, and I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I want to meet this guy because, <laughs> honestly, the dating space, whatever. But then he was like, you know, he's actually a really good guy. You're going to love his stuff. And then when I met you, I was like, oh, I get it. Right. Now I know why 100,000 right. women come to your stuff. Now I know why you're on oh, the Today Show you. all the time. Now I know why you're getting the results. And then I was like, let me watch some of these videos. And I'm going to link up a bunch of your videos here in the show notes for people. But I started watching your videos and I was like, wow, okay, it makes a lot of sense because you're doing it with integrity mm. and you actually have a lot of sound advice and wisdom for women. And I see you're helping a lot of millions of people you're helping. And the cool thing about you is, you know, I was actually listening to a video last night for like an hour of you, like it was like the three dating advice tips or something of you speaking in, in a seminar, answering right. questions, right? And I remember just hearing your answers. All these women would say, well, what if I'm you know, with a guy and the flame's out? Or what if I'm excited and he was excited and then he starts not mm -hmm. responding? And you were answering questions. And I was like, they're all so logical yeah. and sound. It's not like this sleazy, weird things. It's like, well, think about it. If you were in this position, how mm -hmm. would you respond? And, and this and this and this. And it was like, man, you're giving great advice. And now I know why so many people are attracted to the information that you're putting out there. Well, so, thank you so yeah. much. I really appreciate that. I, I, I think that too much advice either strays into the uh, either the aphoristic side of things. It's right, very, right. very cliche. I mean, this is what I think one of the big problems I have with the self-help industry right. in general is it, um, it, it, it has it's become so platitudinous. It's just mm -hmm. it, it, to the extent that it becomes mind numbing. And, and to some extent, <laughs> I, the crowd that it begins to attract, I don't like or have right. anything in common with. Right. Uh, you know, I, when someone comes up to me at the end of a seminar and says, you know, 
I love your stuff. You know, it's, it's, um, you know, I'm a big law of attraction fan. I know immediately we have nothing in common. Right. Um, I, I think, wow, I don't, I don't even know how you like my stuff. Right. Um, because I, I, I can't stand these concepts and, and this pseudoscience that is often put out there for me. I'm all about the logical. I'm all about the the practical and I like things that can be tested. I like, and I think that's why people like Tim Ferriss perhaps have done so well because they, in, in a market that is full of just vague, silly advice. Yes. Um, you know, I hear people in their, you know, say to women in their love lives, just open your heart. And you think, what do you mean by that? Like, what does she do today? That's different based on that piece of advice. Just like be yourself. Um, you know, be yourself is, is extraordinarily lazy advice. Right. It's the advice people give when they don't know an actual solution. Because <laughs> what do you, you, you just, just be yourself. What does that even mean? Mm. You know, and by the way, be yourself is often just a euphemism for don't grow. Right. right? right, right. <laughs> how many people are the same person today? They were five years ago. No one. No one. Yeah. And who's going to be the same today, uh, uh, tomorrow as they are today? People change and they evolve. So be yourself is a very strange uh, uh, and lazy piece of advice to give someone, yeah. but that's what we get all the time. So advice either goes into the, to the kind of vague or it, it ends up going into, um, sometimes the sleazier or more sarcastic elements. Uh, it, it, you know, I sometimes think at the other end of the spectrum, sometimes you have the comedian, you know, the, yeah. the guy who is just, everything's a joke. Everything's sarcastic. This very cynical. Oh, you can't change anything. Blah, blah, blah. Learn to deal with it. Yeah. And, and that gets too much the other way. Then, then someone essentially just becomes a, a cynic. And for me, what I try and base my advice on is this um, nice balance of realism mm-hmm. and and um, I wouldn't even say optimism. Just the the being empowered to actually do something about real sure. life, <laughs> however sure, sure, that sure. stands. So what I'm curious about is how. Uh, why is it you have the credibility to give so many women advice? Uh, you're only 27, right? Mm. And why should they listen to you when you know you're a man? Yeah. Should they even trust you? Uh, you know, you're not married, right? No, no. And you're currently single, I believe, right? Single. So why should they believe what you're saying has you well know, validity? Um, firstly, that you're you're right in the sense that being a man gives me no extra credibility mm. whatsoever. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host i i I always cringe when a journalist says to me well this is so great because you're a guy so you can give them insight into guys i think what a stupid argument that is (laughs) it's like saying you're a woman so you know all women right right. how many women are exactly the same you know how many women do you get in a room and they agree on everything the 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 same is true of men. I'm not. I don't. I'm not here to speak on behalf of all men. Sure. Um, I might 
be here to relay a message that I constantly get from men yeah. or something that I observe with an enormous number of men. I mean, I, I say to women, I only started working with women, A, because they asked me to. I, I didn't when when I was coaching guy, I coached nearly ten thousand guys, and women were saying, "When are you going to do the same thing for us?" Wow. And I I said, "I don't know because I don't really know you. Mm. Uh, I know men because uh, I've co- not because I'm a guy, but because I've just coached ten thousand of them over the yeah. last three years." I said, "So I have something to say about men." I said, "But I don't know you." And they said, "Don't worry, we don't want to know more about us. We know we want to know about, about men." men. Yeah. So I said, "Well, that I can do." And I start I sat down and I I started talking about some things that were that felt obvious to me based on what I'd learnt from men, but weren't obvious to them. Mm. You know, a, a very simple thing would be that there were so many women out there that were saying, well, I, I want a guy who has the balls to make a move mm. on me, right? And and if he's interested, he's already coming over to me. And there were, certain, there were massive dating books out there for women that would say this, like, if he's not coming over to you, don't bother going up to him, because if he wanted to be there, he would be. This no. defied everything no. that I'd ever seen, <laughs> not just from every man I'd ever coached, right. but from growing up around men and what and 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 even for myself, this is an area where my personal experience does relate to that lesson. I was terrified. Ter- I was terrified. terrified. The, the idea of walking up to a woman and saying I like you or I think you're cute. Yeah. I got brought up by my mum to be a gentleman, right? That that was I was brought up to you know, buy flowers, buy the meal. Don't, don't ever let her pay. Don't ever let her carry her bag, open her door. So at at school as a teenager, I got mauled by women for for being that way. You know, I got, I got walked all over. They liked me. They thought I was a nice guy, but I was the one holding their bag while they got with that guy. Right. So it, it didn't, it didn't translate. And I knew as a guy, as a teenager, something wasn't clicking. And something about what I'd been taught about attraction by my mum, who taught me treat every woman like a princess. Yeah. Something about that advice wasn't translating and wasn't working. Now, I then when I started hearing from these books written for women, if he's like, if he likes you, he's already talking to you. I I looked at that mm-hmm. and I thought, God, you know what? I'm not I'm not a loser. I'm not someone who's got everything going wrong in their life and right. is like, you know, oh, that's why he hasn't got the confidence. No, I was like a a guy who. I had some great things going for him, and yet still, I would look over there and go, "No way, yeah, I'm not it's doing scary, anything." Man. Terrifying. So, so you know, I I started to say to women, "Listen, firstly, guys, even even the guys you want are nervous about coming yeah. over to you. Uh, so you might have to do a little more yeah. to make this a possibility to because make them feel good about themselves, correct. comfortable to come correct. over. And women yeah. will say, "Well, no, that's not true, Matt, because mm-hmm. you know." There, there are there are these guys who always hit on me when I go out. Yeah, but it's the same five percent every time. Yes, right. There's f- there's five to ten percent of guys who will hit on everybody who walks in the room. Yeah, right. But that's Those not representative. Are, they're not, of, and they're not getting the girls. Right. Uh, very often they're not. <laughs> they're not. They're the not. Um, and there's a there's a percentage of those who are like players who are good at it. Yeah. Who know how to do it. Just split but the game. Actually, yeah. most guys aren't in that mode. Most yeah. guys aren't good at doing that, and and actually don't wish to do that because they don't want to be sleazy and yeah. they don't want to seem like that guy. So. I started saying, women, you might have to do a little bit more and don't assume because I, I, in a seminar, we, any woman who comes to my seminar will see this. I'll say, put your hand up if at some point or another you've said or thought, well, if he doesn't have the balls to come and approach me, I don't think he's my type of guy anyway. Mm. And like 90% of the hands go up. So I say, 
here's the thing. As a guy, you when you live in a city, you probably see 30 women a day that you're attracted to. Yes. Right? You can't go up to every one of them. You can't go up to every one of them, uh, nor would you wish to, nor is it convenient to. And sometimes you just see a woman standing with her friend and you're like, oh, do I really want to go and approach her in front exactly. of her friend and have yes. the possibility that she's got a boyfriend and I'm going to have yeah, to walk away with you get rejected, my... you don't want to go do it again. It's horrible. Yeah. So, so I would like, I would say to them, if out of those 30 women that a guy sees in a day, he's going to approach the one that makes it slightly easier for him to approach her mm -hmm. than the other 29. One that says, it's okay for you to talk to me. Correct. However she chooses to do that. Yes. And that doesn't mean you making some big grand move. No. It just means, I, I call it, you know, I, I call it dropping the handkerchief. When, when you, mm. you know, women who say, I'm old fashioned, I don't make the first move. I always say, then you're not old fashioned. Because a hundred years ago, a woman would walk past a guy, drop her handkerchief and keep walking. Mm. The guy would see it. He'd say, this is an extraordinary opportunity to be a man. Yes. He'd pick up the handkerchief, Rescue the girl. walk yes. it over to her and say, madam, you dropped this. And she'd say, did I? And they'd now have a conversation. <laughs> now, he thought it was his idea. Yes. And she was clumsy. she chose him. Wow. So I say to women, listen, this isn't about reversing roles here and you suddenly doing the guy's job. It's about you doing what women have always done wow. and dropping the handkerchief. You just need to know how to do it in 2015. Wow. Um, so, so that's... So know, what, are, what are some ways to do it? What are two, two or three ways that a woman could do this to create an opportunity for a conversation to happen? Right. So one, one of them is really, really simple. Um, there, was a, there was actually a book written um, by a guy called, I think, Richard Wiseman. It was called 59 Seconds. But one of the mm. studies in the book um, that wasn't done by him, it was done by, I think, Jekka and Landy, was about um, the psychology of favors. Mm. And what they found uh, years ago when they did this study, they were looking for the obvious, right? If I do you a favor, you'll like me more. Yes. Uh, what they actually found was if I do you a favor, I'll like you more. Because we like people that we're able to help in some small right. way. The only caveat was that the favor couldn't be something that was difficult to perform. <laughs> if you ask me something favor. that's difficult, I could get annoyed right, yeah, and frustrated. Yeah. If you ask me something that's easy for me to do and I get to help you in some way, I actually end up liking you more. Mm. So the, the psychology, when done in the direction of woman to, uh, man to woman, is much more powerful because men have these two instincts, provide and protect. Uh -huh. So now when a woman comes up and asks for a favor, he immediately gets to, gets to cater to those two male instincts that make him feel important. So uh, the, the advice goes like this. If you walk up to a guy and you say, uh, use this one first line and it will work time and time again. You say, um, I could really use your help with something. That one line is going to have nine out of 10 guys immediately receptive to whatever you say. They want to provide I, and protect. Yeah. Anything. Right, Tell right, me right. how I can feel important right now. Right, right, right. Um, so I could really use your help with something now. It, it could, could be could, answering a question. It could anything, be word, right? right. Directions. But let's say you're in a bar and you say, could you hold my jacket for two seconds while I give these drinks to my friends? I'm running out of hands here. Smart. You then take your drinks, you give them to your friends, you come back. You take your jacket and you say, thank you so much. You're a gentleman. How's your evening going anyway? Mm -hmm. Now, the beauty of this is rather than having to go up to him randomly and saying, how's your evening going? Which makes it feel like you've really chosen him. Mm. In this example, he's doing you the favor 
you're just politely asking how his evening is going after he's already done the favor for you. Mm -hmm. So that's an easy way for women to drop the handkerchief uh, in any environment and never have, they never have to risk rejection with that because there's nothing for him to reject. It's just a simple favor. Wow. Okay. So that's number one. So well, that's maybe one more. That's way. number one. Um, oh, let's think of a, <laughs> let's think of a good one here. Um, uh, this, uh, this kind of goes alongside it. I mean, uh, uh, you could ask a guy's opinion, for example, you could say, you know, uh, no, in fact, here's a good one. When you're with your friends and you see a group of guys simply walk up to them and say, we're trying to guess what people's jobs are by what they're wearing. Oh, that's cool. And then start guessing. Everyone loves this game because uh-huh. you you have fun guess. You could and again you can you can start in a funny way and say you're a spy. Um, <laughs> but whatever it is, play with it a little. Sure. But then the nice thing is they they immediately know how to carry on that conversation yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. going to do it back. Now for right? for guys who are experiencing this and they see a woman who creates an opportunity to talk to them, mm. and now it's their responsibility to kind of continue the conversation, right? And to show that, okay, now I am interested. So this is a really important part. This is really important because there, there is a mistake people make here. Mm. And I realized this early on because I, I was giving women this way to go and be proactive with guys in a way that they hadn't been before. But they were making the mistake of staying in there too long. Oh. Right? So don't stick around. No, no, no. There, there's a Think of it this way. In order to give someone the opportunity to hit on you in the first place, you need to close the gap. Mm. So when a woman goes in and says, I mean, there's another one I'll I'll, I'll give you. If you're, you know, this one's always pay attention to what's going on around you. And if nothing else, say the obvious. So you could be in a bar, you know, lining up for a drink and you say to the guy next to you, oh, my God, it's so busy in here. Mm. Right. That's it. By the way, you're not saying it's so busy in here. You're saying it's okay for you to talk to me. (laughs) That's really what you're saying. Um, So in that moment, again, if you wanted to make it more flirtatious, you'd say, oh, my God, it's so busy in here. It's you with your big shoulders. Move. And then you'd push him. And then you immediately are going to have some great tension. He's going to feel manly. (laughs) Um, But the, the key thing is don't then stay in there. I was in L.A. recently. And there were I was with two buddies and three women came over. And started talking to us. Now, I can't fault that because that's why I I help people to do that. I I think it's important. I think they did the right thing. But what what they could have changed is when they came over to speak to us, they stood facing us with their feet pointed towards us in a circle and then there was no sign of them leaving ever. They were just committed to being there. You know when someone's body language says... I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And it immediately makes you nervous because you sort of think, oh, you're like, how am I going to get out of this situation? You're not interested in them. Right. You don't want to be in And a woman knows this feeling much better than a man because when a woman is approached by a guy, she can't even concentrate on whether she's attracted to him if he's too much in her space Mm -hmm. to begin with. He needs to give her space to observe him and decide she's attracted to him before he keeps just going and going and going. So these women would have been better off to maybe a minute in, just turn and talk to each other again. Mm-hmm. They don't have to go to the other side of the room and make things difficult, but just turn and talk to each other. Or, God forbid, there's another person there that they 
turn to and ask something of. Right. What they've done is close the gap, but then recreated space. Mm. So the second step of recreating space is very, very important because when they recreate space, it gives us a chance to observe them, a chance to miss them mm. and a chance to think, oh, how do we get them back over here? So now when we go over there and say, by the way, I was thinking about what you said just now and keep talking mm. for them. It's like, ah, okay. That's like, now they've made a move. Now, right. now they've chosen to be in the situation with it, yeah. instead of us just choosing to be there and never knowing if they were really attractive. And that's what needs to happen for women is they need to feel chosen as well. Correct. Right. Correct. So it's kind of like you, you're choosing him to begin with so that you're not just randomly choosing from the pool of guys that uh -huh. are brave enough or obnoxious enough to run up to you. Um, but at the same time, you're not, you're giving it space so that he can choose you and you can be confident in that. Yeah. process and then from there there's a whole nother workshop you do on teaching how to get the guy or how to get it the girl keeps, after that yeah imagine because <laughs> right? yeah what is the uh what's the biggest mistake people find today when trying to find their love or find someone that they you know their soulmate oh my god what's the biggest wow. mistake is it being yourself <laughs> 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 it's i i i think there's a something of a sense of entitlement that most of us have uh, or that most people have when they're going out to date where they somehow feel like they're just owed mm. the love of their life, that it shouldn't be difficult, that, um, that they don't have to do anything, that it's enough that they are just them. You know, it's the, you know, that there's, I don't know if you've ever seen Bridget Jones, but there's a, there's a line in Bridget Jones where, uh, forget his name, Colin Firth, I think it is. He's, he's looking at Bridget and he's, I think he says, I love exactly how you are. I love you. Like mm -hmm. no changes, nothing. I, I love you exactly how you are. And it, sometimes we feel like we're owed that. And it kind of becomes an excuse again, not lazy. to grow, yeah. not to, you know, I, I don't, frankly, I, it doesn't really matter what you think you're owed in love. Yeah. Uh, no one cares. I think it's the same thing with work and, you it's know, everything. so many people are entitled and they it, think they should everything. just get a job. You yeah. Know? And, and so the biggest criticism I get all the time, which I'm happy with as a criticism of my advice uh -huh. is, well, why do you need to do all of this stuff? Why can't you just you know, go through life and, and, you know, it, when the time is right, you'll know. Mm. Why, why do you have to do all of these techniques? I'm happy with that criticism. If you, if you, if that's what you think, you're not my audience because my audience are the same people that go to a business seminar to make more money. Mm -hmm. They're the same people that say, you know what? Um, if I want to start a business, I might actually need to know what the hell I'm doing. It's not enough to have confidence in life. You have right. to have competence. Yeah. You have to actually know what, you're doing and and that's what a lot of people don't know in their love lives if you for example there's there's something i come i came to understand i, I was i remember once having a breakup it was the most painful breakup i've ever had i was really really in uh, a bad way over it and a while later i spoke to this to this woman on the phone and i had said to her on the in a brave moment on the phone i said why did why did you want to break up because by the way you talked to the, the woman you were dating yeah the the one that had later on the phone later like a year or two later it was less raw i was sure, feeling sure. a little and more how long was the relationship for uh, a couple of years okay wow right. and um uh and i was i was pretty cut up about it now the funny thing was uh to make a long story short 
she had actually done something I didn't like and that I thought was inappropriate and disrespectful. And I remember going to her the next day and saying, I think we need to break up. During the relationship, she did this, yeah. Yeah. And uh, she then said to me, okay. That was when I knew she was breaking up with me. (laughs) It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, when you you think you're breaking up with them. No, she was was, was already doing it. She was breaking up with me. uh, And it was, what was so painful about it is that she was, she didn't mind. Uh, I I was, I thought she might get upset. I thought, no, she didn't mind. And that was the most painful part about it. And I and shouldn't even fake it. You know, most women would fake that they might. <laughs> I, I can't believe this, but they're really. I know, you know really... I know. No, she looked like she was okay. This is a good wow. decision. So I, <laughs> so I, I remember a, a while later we were on the phone and we we became we're friends today. We're yeah. very good friends, in fact. And uh, I had said to her on the phone, um, "Why did we break up?" I said, "What what was it for you that I wasn't doing?" And I braced myself for the answer. She said, do you really want to know? Honest feedback. And I said, I literally thought to myself, wait, do I really want to know? And I said, I gritted my teeth and I went, yeah, I want to know. She said, um, you were boring. And wow. there was so much worse than I thought it would be. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Wow. Like not, not just like, oh, well, you know, it was just, I was young and I was, you know, oh. wanted to be free. No, you were boring. It was really cutting. <laughs> and, I, and I I remember f- resisting the urge to bite back. And I no, said, that wasn't boring. Right, was, exactly. Know. I said, no, you're t- shut up, idiot. Just, you asked the question. So now yeah. listen. So I said, why was I boring? She said, you, she said, when I first met you, you were the most ambitious person I'd ever met. And she said, I never met someone with such an ability to decide they want something and then get it. Mm. And she said it was so sexy. She said, but as we went into our relationship, the more time went on, the more that was all you were. You were super ambitious. You knew how to get what you want, but it you were so one dimensional. Mm. You know, it was all you did. Even in our free time, you were just, you were on the phone, you were on your laptop, you would talk about your business. You were always talking shop. There was never anything else you had to talk about. We didn't do anything spontaneous. We never went and had adventures. It was just all one track. And she said it, it got boring. Yeah. And I said, wow, it's, she was right. She was right. It's, there was nothing I could argue with. And I realized something in that moment. The thing that makes that one quality can make you really attractive, Right. But it won't keep someone. It can make you get the person. Right. It can make you sexy. It can make you uh, intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, Mysterious. Right. But it can even, for a time, make someone worship or idolize you. Mm-hmm. One quality. But one quality will not hold someone. Because the reality was there was a flip side to ambition, which would have made it eminently more attractive. And there are a few. Right? right. If you pair ambition, say, with an ability to enjoy life, mm. now that person is really sexy. super sexy. <laughs> you 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 combine ambition with a sense of spontaneity, mm-hmm. for example, adventure. Very very sexy. Yes. Ambition on its own is when you look at it from afar, very very attractive. You go, women will say, "I want an ambitious man. I yes. like that." But when they get up close, if it's only one side to a coin. It quickly becomes unattractive. Mm. The, uh, uh, someone I'm a big fan of, or unfortunately has passed, but Christopher Hitchens, mm. he um, he once said about 
love that the, the, the challenge is in not allowing your strengths to negate themselves. Wow. And that's a very powerful statement because my ambition was my greatest strength that also had the ability to be the thing that crippled me. Uh, because what happens is when you get good at something and you get validation from it, you it keep doing it and get better right, at it. Yeah. And it becomes, if you're not careful, a muscle that you, that you train to the point of mutation. Mm -hmm. And then every other part of you is, is, is not working is, it, it, it has atrophied. Yeah. So, now uh, you have a complete imbalance. Uh, it's like, a, you know, I remember working out at the gym once and my trainer, I was, I was uh, doing pull-ups and was trying to work out my back. My back was fine. I could keep going. <laughs> and then all of a sudden my, my forearms gave up mm. while I was trying to pull myself up. And I said, this is so annoying. We're trying to work my back, but my fore and my back's fine, but my forearms have given up. Right. He said, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Mm. If, you're, if your forearms aren't, aren't there, you're not going to be able to train your back as well as you could. Yeah. So... So here's the, the, the point about this, which I find very interesting about dating. To your point of what's the biggest mistake people make, apart from, of course, the entitlement, it's over-reliance on a key strength that they have come to uh, rely on as their source of validation, mm -hmm. success, uh, confidence. Right. Over-reliance on that. I had come to over-rely on essentially – being ahead of the curve for my age. Yeah. That was like the thing that I was always based my confidence on was I am way ahead of the curve for yeah. people my age. My business is going great. Correct. The, the, yes. the people I grew up with at my, in my age group are not where I am. Just are still living at home. And whatever, but guess yeah. what? That alone is boring. Yeah. It's boring and it doesn't make an interesting rounded sexy person. But when you combine it with something else, it becomes what I call a unique pairing. It's a bit like if I if I wanted to really get a woman attracted tonight, not me, but like send a guy out to get a woman attracted. I could literally if if he went in and he was a little cocky and teasing, but in the right way, mm -hmm. not an arrogant, obnoxious, sure. but just he knew how More to he knew how to play with her. And then a couple of hours in later, you know, maybe it's getting late. He comes out of the restroom and after being teasing and playful and silly, he says, "You know what? It's getting late." Um, I called you a car. Um, I don't want you walking outside. And he says, I have to go as well. I have to get up early. He takes her outside. Um, he gives her a little kiss. He says, all jokes aside, I've had the best night with you tonight. I'll call you later this week. Mm -hmm. Puts her in the car. Car drives away. That woman will be going, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like this guy. Yeah. Now, the reason wasn't because he was a gentleman. And it wasn't because he was cocky and teasing. It was because he was both. Both of them. Yeah. It's the and. If he does just one thing, it's not interesting enough. Because you can replace the cocky guy like that. Yes. Women know that. Yes. They can go out tonight and meet a cocky guy in Hollywood yes. any night of the week. They can go out the next. They don't even have to go out the next night. They can turn to their left <laughs> and meet another one straight right, away. Right. By the way, they, even though people complain about chivalry is dead, you can go out and meet a gentleman. Lots you can go out gentlemen. and meet lots of nice guys. But that's all they are. Right. Incredibly boring. Women will never too they, nice. They don't hold a woman. Yes. Right. So but now you find like what mm. seems to be a good man, but with an edge. That's, that's a unique pairing. Yes. And that's someone that becomes not an attraction, but an addiction. Oh, uh, and, like and there's a and there's a big, big difference. So 
I, th- I believe that we will actually, I believe these pairings already exist within us, but we've overtrained certain muscles. Mm-hmm. We've overtrained certain qualities that we've gotten used to as habit. Uh, for some people, it's being funny. Yeah. Uh, for other That's people, do, it's or... being intellectual and they always, they're the person that knows everything about everything. They've read every book. They can sure. always quote so-and-so. Uh, for others, it's uh, uh, being seductive. That's the thing they got really good at. So they're really good at, you know, getting someone into bed or, or, or getting someone sexually attracted, but they're never the person you want to eat pizza with the next day. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so it's like it, it, it's finding those combinations that make you go, oh, my God, the person I was with last night, they were this and they were this. It's the and. The and is where <laughs> I wonder what at. else they could do. Exactly. <laughs> and you're, and by the way, that's what makes it so hard. It, I, I say this to everybody. If you want to know why you found it so hard to get over a certain X, mm. look for the unique pairing. Because they had multiple things. There was, there was some unique pairing oh. that made you feel Addicted. like they were difficult to replace. Oh, and, and that's what scares us. The more unique pairings you have, the more you become a rare bird in the dating marketplace. Right. right? And, and when you become rare, people get really terrified of, of losing you. And that's always the case. Whenever you think of someone you've lost and you think God, like your heart aches for having lost them. For like months and months. Yeah. You, it's because you go, it's not because you go, they were good in bed. It's because you go, they were good in bed and they made me laugh. <laughs> like, uh, like I never and find they were that. Nice to right. my parents. And I took and- them home and she was a sweetheart to my, like, there's, yeah. there's those moments where you go, God, I can't find this person again. And that terrifies mm. you. Yeah. So, again, to be more positive about it, be the person that has the unique pairings mm-hmm. that other people are terrified of losing. Yeah. You know, I like this because I feel like. Well, I don't feel like, but the statistics show that the divorce rate is up higher than ever right now, right? Mm. Isn't it something like 50%? I don't know you if you hear, know I hear these. No, I, I, I hear 50% banded around. How yes. accurate it is, I don't Who know. Knows? But it seems like people are getting married multiple times, mm. uh, and they're easy to get out of relationships. They're, you know... And I'll speak for myself. You know, I am a lot of fears about long-term commitment. Mm. You know, most of my relationships are a year, um, maybe longer but usually about a year. And then I'm like either bored or I get mm-hmm. scared because I have my own walls and I still get to grow and learn. For sure. I'm curious, why do you think so many people bail in relationships? And why do you think so many people are getting divorced more than ever now? Oh man, that's a big question. I, um, well, there are, I think there are a number of things I can have a stab at, uh, at this. <laughs> I, I think firstly, there is less of a stigma now than there has ever been about divorce. It's okay now, right? Right. Not, you know, and it, 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 certainly there are parts of the world where it's not, and there are certain religions and cultures where it's not, but, but certainly less than ever. Sure. Let's speak in America at least. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's less of a stigma yeah. a, a, about divorce. We don't feel like complete failures in the same way that we might once have, or we wouldn't have, there would have been We're a time where we would have been outcast from society yes. for it. So there's that. Um, I think there's also a greater sense of entitlement these days where people feel like they're owed and, uh, you know, marriage is you've met the right person. So it's supposed to all feel great. And when it doesn't feel great and when it's not all working, there must be something wrong with this person. Not with me, not with the amount of effort I'm investing into this relationship. There must be something wrong with this person. Ah, it turns out they're not the one after all. Mm. I thought they were but they're not. The search continues. So, wow. so it, the entitlement has people believing that it, it 
shouldn't be effort. And and that's a very dangerous way to think of relationships. Yeah. It's very if you really want to see who someone is in their relationship, um, talk to them about sex and and passion and and desire in their long term relationship, and you'll get some very heated answers because some people will 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 say it's absolutely paramount. We you know you have to maintain that passion. You have to find new ways to excite each other. We're, me and my partner, we're always searching. Mm. We're always exploring each other. We're always trying to figure out like what's going to turn you on tomorrow. What's the like? Mm. How how do I how do I do something that's that, that you didn't predict? Or how do I get you to know me a little less so that you get desire again? Mm-hmm. You know whatever it is. Other people and I've had hosts on TV get very, very uptight and, and, and upset over this issue. And it's usually they're overplaying their hand mm. when they do. They'll say, well, Matt, it's different. When you're in a marriage, when, you're, when you have kids, when you're in those situations, it's different, right? You, you, don't, you, you can't just think of it like that. You don't, Matt, think other things become more important. And, and I always know who they are in their relationship when those things happen because people, I think, don't go into relationships with a healthy view of what is required over the long term. And what is required? Well, there's a, there's a, there's a woman who is a, a great authority on this called Esther Perel. And she talks about the difference between love and desire. And uh, I'm a big fan of her work. And I think she articulates it very, very well. That in relationships, you have to have both love and desire. Love isn't enough. Love is the, the thing that makes me want to get close to you. When I, when I, when I feel things for you, I want to know your mind. I want to know everything there is to know about sure. you. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what you're doing tonight. I want to know who your friends are. I want to become friends with them. I want to get close to yeah. your mom. I want like yeah, yeah. It's all these things. That's love. The desire to almost become merged, mm-hmm. but desire exists in the space between two people. Mm-hmm. So you feel desire when there's a void and when there's some mystery and when you're still getting to know someone. So desire, ironically, is the thing that ends up creating love because desire is like, I want to get close to you because I don't have you. And then when I get close, we feel feelings of love, but not desire now. Right. So So how do you keep that after years and years? And that's a great question. And it's a a big one. Um, I think there are many answers and I think they change depending on the couple. So you've got to, so what you're saying at first before you answer is you've got to have both love and desire throughout the relationship in order for it to be a a successful one. Yeah. In order to maintain, in order to satisfy your needs along the way, because the, the, I think many people get divorced because not because there's a lack of love. I mean, sometimes that's true. You know, sometimes it's true that two people don't, don't give each other enough love. They don't act as a team. Mm-hmm. Um and and there are problems with that, right? But, but a lot of people spend it's too not much because of together, lack right? of love. <laughs> a lot of people it's because of lack of desire. Interesting. Um, that lead that that create, you know, these weird um moments in relationships where sometimes people cheat, uh, or they maybe it's not going as far as cheating, but they realize that they're having all of these thoughts that yeah. they're not proud of. Um, maybe they just have to leave because they think there's something wrong with them because yeah. they're bored. Um, you know, I, I got a question on the Today Show recently. I mean, I mean, I was on the Today Show recently, and me and Kathy Lee, you know, got heated over this issue because, you know, there was a guy on there whose question was, "My kids have just gone off to university. How do you know? We're, we're now basically what he was saying is the kids have all left, so now it's just me and my wife. Now what? <laughs> so how do me and my wife now keep keep it fresh? Mm. And there's a great quote by uh, Proust when he says, uh, I think it's the journey of discovery 
uh, lies not in seeking new landscapes, but in seeing with new eyes. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting uh, when applied to a relationship. Because that it, you're not seeing new landscape. You're seeing the same landscape over, over and, and over and over, and over. And over every moment. So you better get good at seeing with new eyes, <laughs> right? Now, the landscape, of course, can the landscape can change because that person, their job is to be uh, to make themselves less predictable. Um, and you don't do that by like playing hard to get with your partner necessarily. No, no. But what you do is you you grow, you develop new skills, you learn new things. And you develop yourself in ways that keep your partner guessing about you because they're like, oh, my God, I, I have to keep up. Yes. I have to keep up with this because they keep evolving. Yes. And that in itself, you can start to desire your partner more because you feel like you know them a little less. Not because they're now hiding things from you, but because they're developing. And when mm. someone develops and grows, you're like, oh, my God, I, I don't know this side of you. I need to learn it. And it sparks attraction yes. again. So there's there's that whole thing. But I said to this guy. You know, I said, I know everyone's going to tell you now your kids have gone off to university. Now you have all this time to spend together. I said, but the problem is you're going to have nothing to talk about. Because you've said it all. You've said it all. And you've been together this whole time. So (laughs) there's nothing new to talk about. Right. I said, I'm going to give you a a kind of strange piece of advice. I think you should use this time to spend some time apart. Wow. Like go, like she go on holiday and you go on holiday and then come back and tell each other about it. You know, do have, have that some space so that when you come back together, there's a little mystery to it. You know, mm. that this won't, it will be scary. And this is, this is why people get very emotional about this and they get upset because they're like, what do you mean get to know my husband less? What do you mean? Like spend time apart. We, we are supposed to be like this the right. whole time. But what they don't realize is a, you never know your partner as well as you think you do. So the idea that you're like this and you know everything about them is a complete illusion. Um, and secondly, you doing that is death to the relationship. Mm-hmm. So if you really care and if you really are a team, you'll be able to trust each other, but you'll be able to give each other space to create that desire again. Yeah. Otherwise, you're suffocating each other. You're, you're, yeah, absolutely. So I, I, again, I think that's another another thing that people don't anticipate when they're in the feelings of love and mm. desire all mixed together early on, and they mm. decide to get married. Um, they they don't anticipate that over the long term, and yeah. I think many of us are out there making promises that we cannot keep. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, you you the whole different conversation is to what extent monogamy works and to what it's a whole nother topic that's a a whole other thing uh, you know and and i and i think to to if if we're not going to cover it we should it's fair to say that for some people it works and for others it doesn't yeah um but that is a a whole other can of worms yeah yeah i mean i've got a few questions left for you i have lots of questions and maybe i can convince you to come back on we can do some more of these sometimes great so far so we could talk more about this because i think people are going to like this topic and i haven't really dove into intimate relationships in this way for this extended amount of time. So I'd love to have you come back on uh, if we can make it happen. Love to. Because I want to cover monogamy next time. I also also want to cover uh, a marriage in general because Mm. I'm still in the discovery stage of my life of what is marriage? What was the, what was marriage originally intended for the first time it was created however many years ago? Yeah. Thousands of uh, years on an ago. anthropological level, it's very interesting. And why are we still practicing the same things we did mm-hmm. from its original intent? 
And if that's the case, should we keep doing marriage? Yeah. And should we keep doing it when 50% of them fail? You know, I have all these questions that I'm still in discovery for myself. As am I. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't think anything's right or wrong. I just think it's coming up with your own solution that works for you and your partner. A hundred percent. And I I think it works for many, many people. Yes. Um, I will say I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I I haven't quite figured out yet whether it it will work for me or not. I don't, I don't know. Um, it's, I, I know that I have a lot of issues personally with it and mm-hmm. I don't give those to other people sure. because I, I think some people are di- very different to me, um, uh, and different from each other. But I, I know there, there are things that I struggle with and, um, I haven't figured it out. That's why I'm always, I always cringe when I go on a, a TV show and they call me a relationship expert. Uh, which they love, you know, they, these shows sure. love to label you as something nice and simple. Uh, I always say I'm uh, really what I am is a guy who likes to talk about people, yeah. <laughs> but you know, the, the, it's not got the, quite the same ring <laughs> it's not to packaged it. As but well. I, I, you know, the idea of a dating expert or a relationship expert to me is a un, unbelievably narcissistic mm-hmm. idea. Um, and I and I cringe every time I hear it because it's who could say that they're an expert in all things relationships? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's all good though. Um, well, I was going to ask you a few more questions, but I think I want to wrap it up on this one and, and bring you back another time. Okay. So I want to ask you a couple different related, uh, different questions, not related to that. One is, um, what are you most grateful for in your life recently? I like to finish with gratitude. Wow. Um, God, I think one thing I'm I'm very grateful for is I, I, well, I just uh, recently applied for my green card. Um, and, uh, (laughs) I, I, it kind of brings a, a dream Mm. full circle, Mm -hmm. uh, fingers crossed that, you know, it should be coming through in the next couple of months. Hopefully I don't get rejected, but I, um, it's, it's come full circle, you know, something that I had dreamed about for a very long time, uh, and, and really has been, uh, you know, nearly two decades uh, of of thinking about that idea. Mm, wow! Um, you know, has actually come to fruition, and and it's amazing to me that it started with me thinking, why not come and do a seminar for five people and lose money, uh, just to just to say that I'm doing something in America, yeah. and um, it um, it, it I, I'm I'm there now. So that you know, I, I say to everyone out there, always drive in the thin end of the wedge whatever it is whatever is the mm-hmm. smallest possible thing that relates to your bigger dream do the smallest possible thing because you never know what domino effect that might have i could never have guessed that by this age i would be living here and, and traveling the country doing what i love and um and i am and i feel immensely grateful for that that's cool man Very yeah cool I've been asking this question a lot lately for some of my guests. So I'm going to ask you this one as well, because I'm interested to hear the response. Uh, but it's the uh, many, many years from now, it's the end of your life, the last day. And everything you've ever said online, written, you're, you know, you're a New York Times bestselling author, you've got millions of views from all your videos, has been erased from time. Mm-hmm. And you've got a piece of paper and a pen. All your friends and family are there supporting you in your final moments, telling you how much they love you. You got a pen and a piece of paper, and they say you get to write down three truths about life, the three things you know to be true about life. And this is the only thing that people will get to see uh, from your message moving forward. 
because everything else has been erased. Wow. What would you write down as the three truths? Let's see if that I can you know? think of three. Um, <laughs> they don't have to be perfect, but what comes I, to your mind? Uh, be kind. Um, I think one of my favorite shows is uh, Derek. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's uh, a Ricky Gervais show, um, but it's about a guy who works in a, an old people's home. And um, he, his favorite line is a, a line his mum told him, which was kindness is magic. And um, I don't believe in magic. And I, I certainly uh, don't, I, I don't know what happens later on or whether anything bigger is there, but I do, I do believe that there is a magic to kindness that is really, really special. So even when you, f even when it feels like you shouldn't be kind um, or that the whole world is horrible, be kind because you just never know mm. who is watching and who will decide that there is still some good in the world sure. because you did something yeah. kind. Um, so, and I'm always grateful for anyone who restores faith, anyone's little faith in humanity in sure. those little tiny yeah. moments. So be kind. Um, number two, always operate on the assumption that you don't know nearly enough. Mm. Um, Coming up, one of I remember my friend told me uh, he. I remember him meeting up with me once. This is you know when I was kind of starting out, but getting a bit big for my britches about what I was doing. And he said, you know, he said, "What books have you read recently?" Uh -huh. And I said, "I haven't." I said, "Because to be honest, you know, I'm doing all these seminars, and I said I don't want to put all of these other ideas in my head. I, I want to, you know, I, I'm trying to develop these ideas, and I don't want to have all of these different." And he looked at me, and he was an older guy, he's about forty years old, and. He looked at me and he said, mate, he said, I can't tell you how disappointed I am with that answer. Wow. And it, I looked up to this guy. So wow. I, I was mortified, <laughs> but, but I, I've, I have in recent years understood exactly what he meant, that mm. he's a learner and, and someone who always operates on the assumption that he doesn't know enough. Mm. So, so always operate under the assumption that you don't know enough and, and, and never trust anyone who tries, who, who claims to know everything. Mm. Um, about anything um and then the third one god the the third one i i think there are there are many many different lives that you could lead mm. i think one of the most depressing things about life is you won't have time to lead them you won't have time to read the books you want to read even if you stack them all up and think about them all now you'll already have to start eliminating mm. enormous numbers you won't be able to travel to every country that you want to go to I mean, we always think we will. We have all these, this long list of countries we think we're going to go to. Um, if you want to depress yourself, put, draw, list all of them and look at how many you already have to eliminate. You'll realize you're only going to do a, a, a select few more, mm -hmm. uh, even if you're young. Um, the jobs you think you'd enjoy, the career paths you think you'd enjoy, the types of people you'd like to meet. Um, there just isn't time. And, that makes it that much more important that we enjoy the path that we take instead of obsessing over the 10,000 paths that we didn't take. Mm. Um, because it, that really is the, the most tremendous waste of life is, mm. is when we obsess over the paths we didn't take instead of figuring out how to enjoy the one that we have taken, even if we look to improve it or adapt it or change it, uh, even then you'll adapt one way and there will have been 10,000 other ways you could have adapted. Sure. So, so it's not easy, but I, th I think the challenge for us all is to figure out how to enjoy the path that we're actually on. Yeah. 
Excellent. That's a good three truths, man. I like <laughs> I'm really happy because I, I got to number two. I thought, what is the last one going to be? But no, I, I, I feel quite solid in those. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I want to ask one more question, but before I do, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you, Matt, for your ambition because you are so ambitious, ambitious, but your ability to continue learning. And when you teach, you teach with humility. Mm. And for me, that really comes across and I appreciate that. And it reminds me to myself to always come from a humble place when I'm educating or facilitating, facilitating anything because that really connects and lands with people in a deeper way. And I know you've been inspiring and impacting hundreds of thousands, if not millions of women around the world because you come from that place of love and humility when you educate. And so I want to acknowledge you for your ambition and your humility to continue learning what you don't know. Thank you so much. Yeah. It means the world to me. Yeah. Thank you. Final question. Uh, before I ask, where should people go to connect with you and learn more? Well, um, I, I guess I should give a couple of options, one for the men and, and one for the women. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the, for, for women out there, I have something really fun actually for, for the women out there it, It's free of charge, but, uh, uh, I get an enormous number of questions about texting. Um, mm. and I think actually somehow the way you text is a kind of microcosm for how you are in communication mm. in general. So, um, there's a guide that I put together, which is the, the nine texts that get any man to chase you. And it's really cute and fun. And literally you can take these nine texts, whether you're in a relationship, some of them are good for a relationship. Some sure. of them are good for when you have a guy that's gone cold. Some of them are good for if you just met someone, but there's something in there for everybody. And it's literally, I mean, you can download it now and use like copy and paste them into your phone sure. and use them right now and, uh, and tweet me, let me know. Cause I always get tweets about this guide from people who have used it and say, that was that one text really made a difference. So uh, if you want to um, go and download that, it's at ninetexts.com uh, cool. and it works either with the number nine or the, the word nine. So ninetexts.com. And I'll be sure to link these up on the show notes Great. too. And, and for the guys, you know, I'll say this. I, I don't have um, any immediate programs for guys, um, but the there are huge numbers of guys that watch my YouTube videos yeah. and, and, and really – um, appear to get an enormous amount from them and, and are part of that community. And I, th I think that's great. I'm a guy and I, I, I talk to women, but everything I say is useful to me as well. Sure. So I would encourage guys to go and uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel and actually watch those videos because they're I really think, good. Yeah. They're really you good. know, they're, they're fun and, and they're, and they're, you know, designed to be useful. So, uh, they're useful on a human level, not yes. just a one gender. Uh, so my YouTube channel is called Get the Guy Team. But if you just type in Matthew Hussey into YouTube, yeah, uh, you're, you're going to see it. Awesome. We'll have it all linked up on your website, gettheguy.co.uk as well. We'll have it linked up. Um, very excited, man. We're going to have you back on here soon, hopefully. Last question is, what's your definition of greatness? Oh, my God. <laughs> the, I love your questions, man. I, I love them. They're just uh, they're challenging. Uh, my definition of greatness um, I, I guess to your point on humility, it's someone who, who continues, uh, to strive to be better and to know more, hmm. um, in, uh, and whilst they're doing it, instead of looking at those who they are better than in that area, they're always looking up yeah. at the people who seem to know more than them. 
So, you know, they look up, not down, when when they're figuring out where they stand in the hierarchy. There you go. Matt, thanks for coming on, bro. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And there you have it, greats. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Matt. If you did enjoy this, make sure to head back to lewishouse.com slash 189. You're going to get all the links for Matt's information, his website, his YouTube channel, which I recommend checking out. Follow him online. Uh, let him know that you listened to this episode. Let him know what you thought about this episode. And uh, make sure to connect with him. He's a great guy, and he's got great content. I highly recommend it. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please share this with your friends. If you know a, a man or a woman who would be interested in this episode or might find it helpful in their relationships, then send uh, lewishouse.com slash 189. Send that link off to your friends. Either email them or post it on social media and let them know what you think. I think it's going to be really helpful for a lot of people. So, And uh, again, thank you guys so much for being on here. It means the world to me that you continue to listen and to spread the word of greatness to your friends, to your family, to your coworkers, to your employees. And uh, we're in this together, guys. So as I learn, I want to share with you what I'm learning from some of the greatest minds in the world. And I hope you continue to share, learn it, and then apply it in your life and then share the wisdom as well. We're all in this together. Thank you guys so much for all that you do. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and nada yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.